Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Hello. I am Dave Denholm. Thank you, Steely Voice Radio Man, for the introduction. We are the home of world football in Southern California. We're the home of LAFC, ESPN LA. Can't wait to keep breaking this down with you as we are taking a look at everything going on in the world of football, including your Los Angeles football club. LA Galaxy, I want to mention, just wrapped up. Now, look, we've kind of gotten into the habit here where we don't make this a post-game show if we can help it, in that the L.A. Galaxy taking on Minnesota United. There's a a huge schedule, actually, of MLS games. Seattle's actually playing in a little bit against San Jose, and, of course, Sounders will be taking on your LAFC coming up on the weekend. You'll hear it on ESPN LA. I don't want to just give just in case you're driving around, you don't have to turn it off, in other words, because I'm not going to give away the score. You probably DVR'd the game, and you might want to watch the Galaxy game as they went for a sixth straight win. So I'm not going to give you that one. But look, MLS is rolling. The season is well, you know, well and truly in hand here as we get going. In fact, LAFC about a third of the way through almost already. And it's looking good for the two teams. Who's the guy that told you a couple weeks ago that the best teams in MLS were LAFC and LA Galaxy? Who was that? Oh, yeah, me. Seattle Sounders coming to town to take on LAFC. First meeting between the two teams this year. Remember, LAFC beat Seattle twice last season. The inaugural game for the franchise and then the inaugural home game at Bank of California Stadium. Both 1-0 wins. But the Sounders were coming in unbeaten to that game Sunday. You heard it on ESPN, the app, the app ESPN app. And I got to tell you, look, LAFC has gone through some big tests early in the season. The schedule was not easy. And not the least of which was going to be that Sounders game. And it was a test going in. Yikes. The test did not get last that long. And LAFC passed with flying colors. Crushing the Sounders 4-1. Another big win against a really good team. It's not as though the Sounders are some fake good club that they're going to fall apart now. I mean, D.C. United got rolled by LAFC at Audi Field in D.C. And yet they're still tops in the East. It didn't kill them, right? D.C. still only has one loss in seven games outside of the drubbing they took at the hands of LAFC. So it's not like they fell apart. I don't suspect the Sounders will fall apart. In fact, they're going to go right back at it, as I mentioned on Sunday. But if you look at what Los Angeles Football Club is doing and how they're doing this season, not just what they're doing, which is win, how they're doing it, Everybody, first and foremost, points to Carlos Vela. Right. They should. Ten goals. Ten goals. Five assists. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous, right? Vela's a video game this year. So you should look at it that way when it comes to that. I mean, everybody should be awed by what Carlos Vela is doing. But lest we forget what some other guys are doing. And I'm not just talking Diego Rossi up front. I'm talking about the midfield. Mark Anthony K, Eduardo Tuesta have been all worldly. I mean, I'm talking clearly MLS best eleven types for the whole, you know, for the whole ride so far. I know we're still early in the season, I get it. K had the hat trick of assists against Seattle. He's now got five to co lead the team with Carlos Vela. I think those two might be leading the league still. I could be wrong on that, but 
I'll check it out. Eduardo Tuesta has four assists. Guy scored a really beautiful goal against Seattle. A couple of goals this season. I mean, everybody's contributing. It's not just Carlos Vela. Yeah, he's racking up, as I said, video game numbers. Make no mistake, he is incredible. But you cannot discount the factor of Atuesta and Mark Anthony K. Remember, when those guys were injured at different times last season, LAFC was a different team. Not that they were bad without them. Not at all. But they weren't as good. Yes, and K and Vela do hold the lead in MLS, tied with Alejandro Pozuelo, the new attacker for uh, Toronto, who's ridiculous too. He's got five assists. But there's a guy on LAFC right now who isn't getting anywhere near the credit because of just so many other great players on this team. And it's the guy I want to highlight right now. He is my father's favorite player. My old man. It's the great Latif Blessing. Who's been spectacular since being uh, reintroduced into the starting lineup when Lee Wynn went down. Right? I mean, Blessing has been just utterly superb. There aren't enough superlatives to talk about him like that. And the thing about Latif is he's kind of doing it in a way that's a little different than you would have thought. And I wanted to break that down. By that, I mean Latif Blessing can run. No, Nobody doubts that. Everybody knows he's fast. He's quick. Those two are different, by the way, on the soccer field. But he's got all of that. He's got good timing. He runs at defense. You know, at defenses. He gets back on defense. The dude can do it all. But what I'm most amazed at is he's doing it a different way this year, right? Four assists, doesn't have a goal yet, but it hasn't affected him. You know, he he can score. What he had five? I think he had five goals last year, six assists. He's not afraid to put the ball in the net, but he's not playing that way. You know what he is doing? He's throwing his weight around. He's forcing other teams into mistakes. He's getting them off their game. He's just annoying the opposition. And he was really going at teams earlier in the year when he started taking over for Lee Wynn after the injury. Five fouls committed against RSL. Four committed against DC United. Three against San Jose. But he has been getting pounded too. He's taking a lot of the beating that his teammates had been getting. So it's not all just about pure speed and running around and really just getting behind tired legs. He's doing it from the opening whistle. He took a pounding in Vancouver. He had to leave the game early. Came right back and played 90 against Seattle at a very high level, picking up his fourth assist. So full credit to all the guys I mentioned, obviously, right? I mean, they've been great. But Latif Blessing, just standing ovation. From me, at least, I'll say that. For the reasons that I'm talking about. He's doing it in different ways, and he's so selfless. It's not about him. He knows it. It's about the team and what he can do to drive LAFC. And he is a big part of what's going on. Yeah, 
praise all over the field. When you're 7-1-1 one, and, one, and you got a plus 18 goal difference, there's not really too many areas to pick on. Right? I mean, come on. Everything's going great. And all these guys deserve praise. But Latif is just... He has just absolutely wowed me this year for what he's doing. And I'll say this. Nobody has a problem with Lee Wynn coming back into the starting lineup, right? But I don't know if you do it right away. It's the Wally Pip thing if you're Bob Bradley. Why would you change right now? Uh, Yeah, if anybody needs a rest or somebody gets banged up, sure. You've got the bench to do it with Lee Wynn right there and ready. Finally, Lee comes back to the 18, gets a few minutes at the end of the game. So that's good to see. I'm glad he's healthy. But I got to be frank with you. I'm not putting Lee Wynn back in the starting lineup right now if I'm Bob Bradley. And I don't even think that's controversial at all. A lot of people say, oh, you shouldn't lose your starting position in sports, Denholm, when you get injured. When you're ready to get back in, you should go. No, that's ridiculous. I don't buy that. Sorry. If you got hurt, that's part of the game. There's no shame in that. If you need a little time to recover, absolutely, totally understandable. But if the dude who comes in for you is absolutely killing it and the team is playing great, you can't change. I got no problem with Bob Bradley saying, look, Lee, we are going to really ease you back in. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. I want to know what you think of that. If you were Bob Bradley, would you put Lee Wynn back in right now based on what's going on? Because, again, Lee Wynn is super happy with the way the team's playing. Don't get me wrong. He's a good team player, too. This is not about the actual individuals. It's more about the scenario. If you're Bob Bradley, do you put back a guy who's been injured, you put him right back in the starting 11? Because Lee Wynn was a crucial part of the starting 11, no doubt. Knowing what you know about how it's going down here, do you make that change? Hit me up on Twitter with that, at TalkSoccer. As always, if you miss any part of the show, you can pick up the podcast each and every week. Just search for Soccer Weekly on the ESPN Pod Center or iTunes or wherever your podcatcher is. Subscribe to it, rate it, review it. We appreciate that. It helps. That's an interesting question. If you're Bob Bradley... Do you change the starting 11 with Lee Wynn being inserted back in, which you know obviously would mean Latif would go back to the bench? At Talk Soccer is where uh, I'm at with that. Coming up, Black and Gold Breakdown with Mark Rogandino. He's, of course, part of the broadcast crew here on ESPN LA as we cover LAFC and carry those games. We'll have Gary Wiggins from my hometown team, Cleveland Soccer Club, a little bit later on, and stoppage time. Still so much more to get to. I'm Dave Denholm. This is the home of world football in Southern California. We are ESPNLA. Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA 710. I am Dave Denholm hanging out with you. Still to come, we've got stoppage time. So much more to get to. But right now, you love this segment. We are the home of LAFC. So why not stick around for the Black and Gold Breakdown? One, two, three, breakdown! It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this right now. And of course, joining us now, he is part of the broadcast crew for LAFC, both on ESPN LA and YouTube TV. You know him, you love him. He's the great Mark Rogandino. Mark, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure to hop on, and especially when we're doing the black and gold breakdown. I mean, that's got a ring to your ears that everyone wants to be a part of. 
Well, look, here's the good thing. There's not much to criticize in terms of breakdown, so we will start with the positive, and there's been plenty of it. Through nine games, seven wins, a loss, and a draw. And I hearken back to that draw real quickly. Adama Diamande on the doorstep with seconds to go in that one, and it nearly pulled out a victory at NYCFC. LAFC plus 18 in goal difference. It's just been stunning, Mark. A team that just goes out and scores and scores. You know, we mentioned it. They didn't really have a lot of trouble scoring last year, but it was keeping leads and maintaining them last season. They, they dropped way too many points along the way. They're just not doing that this year. Yeah, I think, and obviously, Dave, that's the growth of this group, right? I think the number is 18 in terms of the nucleus of players that yeah. held over from last season to this season. Um, and, and so I think that that group has continued to gel under Bob Bradley, continued to get better, and, and hopefully that's part of the learning curve, right? We've seen it earlier on in the season, as you just mentioned, that when they get out into in, in front and they get leads, case in point would be this last game, uh, this past Sunday against Seattle, right? They're up 2 nothing at the break. Seattle gets one, I think, six minutes into the second half from Harry Ship to make it 2-1, to one, and you would have easily said, oh, you know what, that game a year ago probably finishes 2-2 because yes. Seattle's going to continue to come. But it, that was not the case at all because shortly after that, L.A. adds uh, another Vela goal, and then, and then the beautiful goal, probably as you called it, the, the best of the bunch, was that uh, fourth and final goal with Christian Ramirez and, and Mark Anthony Kay with the really nifty 1-2 to spring Ramirez for the goal. So, yeah, to your point, uh, this group has gelled and has come along really nicely, and I think that Bob Bradley has to be pleased. It's so surprising, too, because from a sense, like, you're thinking, this team did so much last season to just open your eyes and say, wow, this is, this is one of the best expansion franchises MLS has ever put out. And you're thinking, what was the next step? What's the next act for the black and gold? Well, this is it, right? This is right now the best team in MLS. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, Mark, I wasn't pessimistic by any means going into this season, but I thought it would be, quite frankly, tougher to start the season with a brutal schedule. You never, you know, that second year, as you said, coming off a great first season, you wonder if there's a little bit of like, okay, we got this kind of thing. Bob Bradley just hasn't allowed it. This team has just been absolutely on point since the opening kick. Um, I think it's. I think it was actually an unknown commodity and when i say that i'm zeroing right in on the two central midfielders edward atuesta and mark anthony k atuesta his his learning curve right has just gotten much steeper in the last in this early part of this season and of course we don't know how good mark anthony k was going to get because of the injury last august so but but you knew what you're getting from rossi you knew what you're getting from vela but I don't think anybody knew how good this tandem could be in, in sitting in front of the back four. And, you know, case in point would be the three assist game this last weekend for Mark Anthony K. There's some passes now that you're seeing this young Canadian do that he would have never done in the first three months of the season a year ago for fear of probably losing the ball or playing the ball and have Bob get on him and say, what, you know, why did you do that? Why did you try that in that spot? But now you can see him brimming with confidence. And he even, as you know, Dave, he told us, He's still not 100%. But yeah. this guy this guy is going to have an opportunity to have his name in the conversation for, you know, most improved, bounce-back player of the year, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I just And Atuesta, too. It's a young Colombian who I think was feeling out where he was in MLS last year. He knows his role with this team now. He's a starter in this team every single time out. 
he might get a couple of rests here and there, but you want this guy, his ball-winning ability, his vision, hey, his finishing we saw it on the goal on Sunday. Those two guys, for me, were unknown commodities that have just gone heads and shoulders above what you might have expected coming into the season. That's a great point. You mentioned the K injury. People forget Eduardo Tuesta missed a, a good chunk of games. Sure. Injury, and they struggled when he was out, just as much as really they struggled with Mark Anthony K out at times. So despite picking up wins along the way, they did not play nearly as well without those two being healthy. And yeah, you're absolutely right. There's just no answer for them right now in MLS. And one of the things that I, I think is interesting, Mark, as you approach LAFC, I have my own thoughts about it. What would you do if you're an opposing coach? Let's say you are Brian Schmetzer <laughs> now. You have, uh, and forget the fact that Seattle has to play, you know, obviously. Uh, you know, a long season here. They're not just worried about two games against LAFC, but you do have this upcoming game after you've played them on the week. What do you do now to attack LAFC to try to turn it around specifically just, what, eight days, seven days after you played them the first time? I think the the, the simple answer is possession. Uh, LAFC's possession yeah. and the amount that they had basically just kept Jordan Morris and Nicholas Lodero off the ball so much that, Seattle didn't have enough time to be that creative with the ball. So um, I think if you're, if you're Brian Schmetzer, you're thinking we've got to find a way on our field to have a much better lion's share of the possession, whether that pulls it back to, say, a 50-50 or then in favor of the, the, the host this Sunday in Seattle. Uh, we will see how that all plays out. But I think he's got to – he wants Ladero on the ball, obviously, right? Because Ladero's the – as I think you even put it, he's the straw that stirs the drink for this team. And so he's the guy who's putting Jordan Morris in good positions to finish chances. And he just did not have that opportunity because he spent most of the time trying to chase around in the midfield to help them win the ball back. Yeah. And yeah. then, then at, at times they were, they were bunkered in and, you know, LAFC was able to move the ball from side to side and get touches and then finally exploit a certain amount of space in a particular part of the field. Well, if you're spending all that time defending, it's a lot of energy. And when you do get the ball, yes, you're going to still have energy in the tank to try and get your team going forward. But if that continues to happen over and over and over, that's going to take its toll on you by the time you get through 60, 65, 70 minutes. And you're not going to have much left in the tank to try and pull anything back, especially when your team's already down 4-1. He is the great Mark Rogandino. He's part of the broadcast for LAFC, both on radio here at ESPN LA and, of course, YouTube TV, the local TV uh, supplier for LAFC broadcast. Dave, I, Dave, I do have I do have one more ad. Uh, yeah, I was going to say you got a uh, you got something coming with Dan Kennedy. You guys have been doing for a while here. Well, now. What? before that, I have one more one more thing on the Sounders LAFC. Game. Oh, okay. I I'm sorry. I, I, no, no problem. I think that, uh, and I, and I meant to throw this in there. I I would imagine. I think we're all on the same page on this one. You got to see Chad Marshall back in the starting lineup. Yeah, because absolutely. As we said in the as we said in the pregame show. Uh, you know, I like Roman Torres, and he's, he's, a, he's a physical center back, but he certainly isn't the guy who you want kind of pulling your four together at the back and captaining, quote-unquote, captaining that back four for you, and it was very obvious in Sunday's 4-1 win for LAFC. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You are working with Dan Kennedy, uh, Mark, not just on LAFC stuff, but you guys got a podcast for the whole local scene, right? Look at you! I love. I, that's why I come on with you, Dave. At home, I mean, look at we even get a plug. We even get a plug for the Believe Sports Podcast Network, which is uh, yeah, Dan Kennedy, longtime MLS goalkeeper, uh, finished his career with the LA Galaxy. So he kind of brings that side of the equation to things, and I bring the LAFC side of the equation to the table. 
We've had some, it's on the Believe Sports Podcast Network, which is B-L-E-A-V, not as in how you spell I believe in you or don't stop believing. Um, <laughs> and, and it's basically a destination for all of your Southern California sports teams. They have a podcast for the Angels. They have a podcast for the Lakers. So we're taking care of the soccer corner of things. Uh, we've had some great guests on. We've had Landon Donovan, Marisa Du, Alan Gordon, Walker Zimmerman. Uh, this last week we had uh, the guy who was the Falconer, Dave Farrell, the bassist from Lincoln Park on. Uh, so we mix it up and we talk about everything from the two MLS teams in Southern California, but also maybe being a dad or getting out on the golf course and uh, even a little bit of a, a gambling edge to it as we make our picks each week on how the games will turn out. Nice. Well, hey, listen to that. Once again, it's the Believe Sports po- Podcast Network. Mark Rogandino, Dan it. Kennedy. Very good stuff, Mark. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Rogue. We'll you all talk to you hey, soon, buddy. Always good to be with you. I'll see you on the pregame uh, on Sunday for hopefully another LFC win. Absolutely. Mark Rogandino for Black and Gold Breakdown here. He's talking about that game coming up Sunday. It is the rematch. LAFC and Seattle Sounders up at the link at Century Link Field. I don't love the home and away, as I've talked about, when it comes to the scheduling because a guy's missing it, you know, due to injury. You got your two biggest games of the year and over a 34 game schedule, and you're going to schedule a team back to back. And then let's say Chad Marshall has to miss for Seattle both games potentially. It just doesn't seem fair. I mean, again, it's for either side. I'm not trying to say just strictly for LAFC. But thanks once again to Mark Rogan. You know, that's the black and gold breakdown still to come. We're going to talk with the uh, local, uh, my local club back home, Cleveland SE. Uh, Director of Marketing Gary Wiggins is going to be joining me, plus stoppage time still to come. we got so much more to get to. This is the home of world football here in Southern California. It's Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. You love ESPN LA 710. We've been doing it for a while here. Soccer Weekly, Dave Dunn home with you each and every week for an hour, breaking down the beautiful game. And joining me now, I wanted to have this gentleman on. It's my hometown club. Look, if you know me, you know I've been around LA for about 20 years. If you know me more than about five minutes, you know I'm from Cleveland. Okay, that's my five-minute story, as my old buddy used to say. Everybody has a five-minute story where if you meet someone, within the first five minutes, they're going to tell you that fact about themselves. They can't help it. That's just who they are, right? It could be anything, where they went to college, what they do for a living, their kids, whatever. Everybody has a five-minute story. Well, if you know me more than five minutes, you know I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And so I wanted to bring on the director of marketing for Cleveland SC, my hometown club, he is Gary Wiggins. Gary, thanks so much for taking the time, buddy. Appreciate you stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Dave. Gary, you uh, are uh, the director of marketing for the NPSL side, Cleveland SE, just about to get going. If you're wondering, the NPSL, their season doesn't quite kick off yet. They're just about to get going. That's why we wanted to have you on now, obviously. You've got a pretty cool friendly coming up, though, against a team that a lot of us are familiar with in Southern California, for sure. Yeah, so we'll be uh, we'll be uh, next weekend. Actually, we'll be uh, taking on uh, Morelia, uh, Liga MX side. We'll be they're bringing the reserve team to town to uh, play a team in Buffalo, New York, us, and then uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. So, so they're making a little run through the area, like yeah. the, the Midwest. So we got the uh, Cinco de Mayo game here in Cleveland, oh, nice. which is uh, which is exciting. It's an exciting tie in, kind of with the team we're bringing. Nice in. May fifth, you'll have a game against uh, the Morelia reserves. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. So you. Have you guys you guys do like a friendly before you get going? I know you have a, a schedule that's a little bit abbreviated compared to like if somebody knows an MLS, you know, there's 34 games, whatever. You don't have quite that many in the regular season, so you do some of these friendlies to kind of b- bolster the schedule a little bit. Yeah, so we um, it MPSL is interesting. So depending on where which conference you're in, depends on we'll decide when you start. Some of the West Coast and Southern teams. So for instance, if you're in 
potentially in Arizona, and don't quote me on this, but if you're in an Arizona, you probably don't want to be playing in July like we do. No, probably um, not. Up here, though, you know, we don't want to be playing in a March for the simple fact of if you look at our tryouts two weeks ago, we had to shovel two inches of snow off the field. So <laughs> the the league allows us to kind of mess with the schedules and kind of push them into ways that are both safe for players, fans, and uh, you know, yeah, absolutely it makes it work for us. So yeah, we'll be we um we typically get friendly or two or three in before and then we typically start um about mid-may when we uh when all the college players can finally join the squad um 10 yeah. game schedule is it 10 uh yeah th- so that that also depends on which uh in our case which division in the midwest we actually have the smallest division in the midwest so we, uh-huh. we have there are five teams meaning we we have 10 games gotcha. uh, regular season now you mentioned that playing out west there is an fc arizona in the southwest conference but for reference for us in Southern California, just want to let you know, I'm talking with Gary, who's Cleveland SC. They're in a different conference, but you do have teams like City of Angels FC, AS Los Angeles, Temecula has a side, Oxnard, Riverside, Orange County FC. We all know Orange County SC in a little bit higher division, but that is what the NPSL is, If for reference. If you're wondering where Cleveland SC plays in the, in the grand scheme of everything here in Soccer America, just to let you know if you're listening, there's a team in San Diego, there's a team, as I said, Orange County, Arizona, Riverside. So they're all over, frankly. The NPSL is huge, Gary. Yeah, so the NPSL uh, last year, and I, I'd have to kind of redo my counts this year, but last year we had uh, 98 teams in the league, and that goes coast to coast. Um and, and yeah, it, it's really cool community, uh, community tied soccer. It, it, not saying we all we don't all have you know millions and billions of dollars to spend here. It, it's true, like startup well, community. Well, you have tie. you have college, a lot of college guys playing. Yeah, right? so that's the other thing. This is this is semi pro or amateur. We're regulated under uh, U.S. Amateur Soccer, but then we get a bid for the U.S. Open Cup um, through our league. Um, yeah, so it, it we we are allowed to bring in college players during the summer once they finish the last final. And they're allowed to keep their amateur eligibility ah. while getting experience with us over the summer before they rejoin their teams in the fall. Oh, that makes sense. That's actually very cool. So that is the NPSL. So, by the way, because of you, I just clicked on to the NPSL standings in the Southwest area mm-hmm. where they have played quite a few games already. And City of Angels Football Club, based in Los Angeles, right in our right here in our backyard, uh, not the greatest season so far. They're okay, but the logo is really cool yeah they, they, they've freaking done a great, cool they've i mean, done a great job with the branding down there I, I i'm a fan of kind of what they've done from the branding side and, and that that crest is just fantastic i gotta check out more of these teams i'm gonna start following my local clubs here you know at the uh, npsl and see how they're doing but as gary mentioned they are a little bit farther along in the season i'm just checking out the standings now orange county fc having a good season uh temecula is not doing too bad AS Los Angeles and not you know they got a few games uh, yeah, still in AS, hand. AS Los Angeles, I I could be wrong. I think they're a new team to the league this year, so oh, they, they could actually go. that could actually be a brand new team for you guys. But you there. might only, you might meet these teams in like the final of finals. Or is that how? Yeah, it, so that's happened. We actually we had an NPSL team here in Cleveland before uh, we started last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they made a run to the national championship and they played a uh, Sonoma County. Actually, came to Cleveland to play the national championship game back in 2016. Wow. Coming up from uh, Northern California, there. To yeah, come, uh, that was a uh, quite the hike for them. That was a uh, so that what was a fun it, night. Let me ask you know we're talking about these local you know the Golden State FC Temecula has a team you you know Cleveland SC and we are talking with Gary Wiggins the the uh, director of marketing from my hometown team Cleveland Soccer Club. I love the merch that you gave me. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I'm not just where can they find this? Now? You know how soccer fans are in Southern California. I mean it's, it's the capital of soccer world in America. We like our gear from clubs that looks good. It doesn't matter where it's from. 
this stuff looks good. Where where can they get it? Yeah, so we we partner with a great local uh, you know merchandise provider um, called uh, Cleveland Clothing Company, and they've fantastic done they've stuff. done a fantastic yeah. job. If, if if you're from Cleveland, you know who they are. They do fantastic work, t-shirts, hats, you name it. Um, and they've done a great job for us so far. And I, I think the fans have really enjoyed the merchandise they've produced. And then you have our team wear, which are the kits, the practice gear, uh, the, you know, the jacket I've got on the back of my, my uh, chair here. That's all made by uh, Admiral Sportswear. And oh, nice. you, you can order that through their website. We have a club portal on their website you can order from. Very cool. And uh, if, you know, look, bottom line, in Southern California, Gary, I, I'm, I assume you know this. There are a boatload of people who settled there from Cleveland, okay? I mean, we have a Browns backers, you know, huge. Yeah. So I'm just telling you, if you love the show here, you listen to Soccer Weekly, you're from Northeast Ohio or whatever, just go order season tickets and give them to somebody that lives still lives in Cleveland. They're not exactly expensive. It's affordable for the family. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, we, we, we really pride ourselves on, on trying to keep, uh, you know, the games affordable for families and kids especially where – you know, if you're if you're going out to you know a professional team here in town, you're going out to one of their games. You're going to spend a ton of money. Sure, sure. And I I love doing it. Don't get me wrong. I, and you're getting a great, you know great yeah. product. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, right. I love doing it. But it, it, it's expensive, and especially you know the longer the game goes, the more expensive it gets because the more you know food and merchandise yeah. and other things you're buying. Um, so we we've kept it. We keep it reasonable. Um, our season tickets, I believe, I could be wrong on this, but I, I believe our um. Our adult, the regular season tickets for the fans are about seventy seventy two dollars this year, and then I think it's like our supporter tickets are about fifty five sixty. Yeah, you heard that right. So head on over to clevelandsc.com. if you have family in uh, you know northern uh, Ohio, northeast Ohio. You're still from there yourself. Support the local clubs too. That's what I love. I love reading about the NPSL. I love following it as much as I can. We got the local clubs in Southern California. Always a good time. Certainly, look. LAFC doing great. Don't get me wrong. It's black and gold. I love MLS and everything. But we have such a soccer pyramid in America that people just don't even necessarily know about. Yeah, and it, it, it's huge. And I, 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 you know, I've put together some talks and some different stuff on this. But it, it's people. You know, most people only recognize the MLS, and you know, I, I I'm a huge MLS fan as well. Um, season ticket holder to the Columbus I Crew, am, right? I am, yeah. I'm a season ticket holder in Columbus. All right, um, we'll forgive you for that, but it's all right. It's, it's local. Um, but when you go beyond the MLS, you've got the USL with USL Championship uh, League One League and one, League yeah. Two. That is a huge. There are just so many teams there. And then when you get outside of kind of MLS USL, you still have you know you have UPSL, you have NPSL, you have NISA, which is getting ready to start up. Yep. I think this year. And it there is so much soccer going on in so many communities that aren't just major markets, and you, you can actually truly have a a real connection with the team because. In a lot of cases like ours, the players are either from here or they live here now because they're either going to school here or they work here. Uh, yeah, we have players from different countries that come here, but they live here. The community matters sure, to sure. them, and we're able to do things because of that. And people have you know real connections with players because of that fact, because it's a real community product. It's easy to fall in love with those teams, too, on a local level, no doubt about it. He's Gary Wiggins joining me here on Soccer Weekly. He is the director of marketing for my hometown club. Cleveland Soccer Club, clevelandsc.com. Gary, I know you love the crew, but I know you're also a fan of uh, one of them Prem sides that I don't really want to mention. Go ahead. You can mention it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Manchester United oh. fan. Uh, before before you start, it was that was when I was a kid, that was how I got into soccer was Manchester United That's were on fair. TV. And I yeah. started watching them before I started watching 
you know, we had we had the indoor soccer craze here in Cleveland before I got into the force or the crunch. Yeah. Before I got into the crew, it was Manchester United, and that was because that when I was growing up, that's what was on TV. That's fair. And uh, your thoughts on uh, Oli uh, taking over? I thought he should have got the job full time. You know, like yeah, I, I don't think I don't think there's a way you can argue with the decision to give him the job. Um, you Doesn't argue, mean he's going to succeed in the long run, you but can, come on. You can argue with the timing of the decision. Um, I, you can't argue with the decision, though. Look, yeah. at, look at the results he pulled out. Now, he, the team's recently gone into a skid. We know as fans there is going to be a ton of turnover, and it's a it's a product of how the club's been operated yeah, they're over not the last ready, six years. They're not ready talent-wise to compete at the very top right now. They'll yeah, get they, there again. Yeah, but. and I look, it's, it's one of the largest commercial like organizations in the world. It's one of the most valuable sporting organizations yeah, in the world. We're going to be okay, but it, it it's you know, and they they've said as much. The rebuild is going to take time, and you need to do it properly. That means bringing in a director of football operations. That means not just letting the you know Woodward, who has yeah. been a great corporate sales guy, and Ole make all their decisions in vacuums. You need to have a guy in between those two, the guy with the money and the coach, to make these decisions. Make sure, sure they actually work in some sort of system. Makes sense. Gary Wiggins from Cleveland SC, my local hometown club. Thanks so much for taking the time, buddy. It went fast, man. I appreciate you giving me the insight here on NPSL. Yeah, thanks for having me in, Dave. Appreciate you it. You bet. Absolutely. Gary Wiggins from Cleveland SC. Check him out, clevelandsc.com. Still to come, we got stoppage time, everybody's favorite radio segment in all the world, and that and so much more. I'm Dave Denholm. We're rolling on. It's Soccer Weekly here on ESPN LA 710. Uh, we roll on here each and every week, Soccer Weekly. You can check out the podcast if you missed any of the interviews earlier, anything we've been breaking down here. Soccer Weekly, just search for that on iTunes or at the ESPN Pod Center, any of your podcatchers. Subscribe, rate, and review. I am Dave Denholm. It's an honor and a privilege to be with you. I'm the voice of LAFC. we got a game coming up Sunday you'll want to hear here on ESPN LA against Seattle Sounders, a rematch of the thrashing, the black and gold game, the Sounders. The Wings win 4-1 in that one. So we'll see what happens on Sunday coming up. It is time for the LA Care Injury Report. At LA Care, our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage to all Angelinos. For more information, visit lacare.org today. LA Care for all of LA. Still struggling for LAFC, and it's been frustrating, admittedly, is Andre Horta with the white right quad strain. Adama Diamande still with the hamstring injury. Now, again, when a guy like Dio or Christian Ramirez, when they get hurt, they know they got that backup or guy ready to go. So that's good. Fito Zelaya. I know so many people ask about Fito. He's so popular. Now listed as questionable. So he has been upgraded some, you know, over the last few weeks. He's definitely getting back to health. Remember, he suffered the immediate injury when he signed virtually and then had a setback when he was getting healthier the first time. So let's hope Fito can get over that this most recent injury once and for all here and make sure he's, uh, let's hope he's healthy the rest of the way and we get to start seeing him on the pitch scoring goals for the black and gold. So that's going to do it for the injury report for this particular week. I got to say one thing about CONCACAF Champions League, right? Got kicked off uh, the first leg on Tuesday night. Yeah, Monterey is good. I mean, Tigres is good too. Don't get me wrong. But Monterey get the win in the first leg, 1-0. And admittedly, that was the home leg. So, you know. No, no, I beg your pardon. Uh, that was the road leg. So, as uh, Tigres had a bunch of uh, fans and great support. It was actually, you know. When those two teams meet, they're the best. They're the best teams in La Liga, or Liga MX, and in my opinion, there's no doubt of that. 
And I know other teams got shots to win the you know, playoffs. Or what? These are the two best franchises, two best clubs in Mexico. And Sanchez's goal in the 43rd gives Monterrey a massive advantage going into the second leg with the road goal and you know winning at Tigres. But Tigres certainly not out of it by any means. I happen to think Monterrey is the best in CONCACAF, so I'm not rooting for him necessarily. I'm not really rooting for either side. I have no dog in the fight, so to speak, but wow, really good. You know what's really, really good? How about stoppage time? It's stoppage time! Yeah. Stoppage time! It's stoppage time! Right now! The great Mario Rees, the producer of LAFC and... This show here, Soccer Weekly, joining us now. He's the host of Stoppage Time. What's going on, Mario? What's happening, Dave? Uh, you were talking about Latif Blessing earlier. Man, oh, he's yeah. a joy to watch, ain't he? Absolutely. So I mean, a, such an unsung hero for this team right now. Yeah, so like every now and then we get a couple tickets you know, for the LAFC games to give away to uh, some of our family or friends nice. or whatever. And they always say, that Blessing kid or that Blessing, oh, he's so good, he's so good. Yeah. And it's so true. He's such a fan favorite. And my favorite thing about uh, Latif is when he goes for the headers. I mean, you and I always talk about it. He comes out of nowhere and he gets up. He's listed as 5'7". He's not. No. And yet he can fly through the air. It's amazing. All right, Dave, we got a uh, we got a story here from uh, Watford goalkeeper Ben Foster. Yeah. He's urged Sir Elton John to cancel a concert in Copenhagen. Why? Uh, let's just say uh, he wants he wants Sir Elton John to attend the Watford FA Final Cup. Oh, playing against Man City coming yeah, up. Yeah, against Man City. Excuse me, the FA Cup Final. Yeah, uh, FA, Elton... they got the FA Cup on the line. Watford makes it there. Now, if you're wondering, uh, why would he be asking Sir Elton John? Elton John is the... Maybe the biggest Watford fan of all, quite frankly. So, Oh, yeah. He's like the honorary life president. He was yeah, chairman of I the mean, club just, in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah, he's a massive Watford fan. So. He has a stand named after him in the stadium, too. Nice. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I hope he can make it. I mean, you know, you hate to see – the only thing I, I would say, though, is you cancel concerts, Mario. That fa- affects a lot of people's lives. You know what I mean? Yes, I'm not trying to get course. too dramatic about it. Concerts get canceled all the time. Somebody gets sick, an a lot injury, of people be whatever. Upset. But yeah, I mean, you're talking about thousands and thousands of people who have paid to go see a concert with the great Elton John. It's going to be tricky, especially now that Foster said that publicly. Yeah, you know he, what I mean? he told reporters, I don't think you could, you could have predicted this at the beginning of the season, but as the season wore on, it became obvious we had a chance of doing something, so Elton John should just cancel. Sorry, guys. Well, you know what my spin on that is? I feel bad for Elton John because he didn't know. You're right. He wouldn't. He, you can't know the FA. He's gonna, they're going to make the FA Cup final. I mean, it's ridiculous. And yet he is the biggest Watford. Of course he wants to be there. Of course, yeah. You know, like, I mean. He'll find a way got, to watch. Yeah, that's true. But if he isn't there, it's going to be killing him anyway. And yet I feel bad for him in that sense, you know, because he is such a ba- big fan. So, And yet he probably will still have to go do his thing and, you know, obviously do his job and go perform. So maybe, I hope it works out. I maybe, hope it works out for everybody. Let's maybe he way. should just watch it on ESPN+. Plus. It's going to be Saturday, <laughs> May 18th. Uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time if you want to watch that. Oh, my gosh. Always. Mario Rees, always the company man right there. Very nice. <laughs> you know well it. Well played, sir. Good stuff, Mario Rees. Thanks Thank so you, much. Dave. Thanks to all the gang back at the studios. Anytime you need the podcast, you know where to go. Just go to uh, iTunes or ESPN Pod Center. Subscribe, rate, and review to Soccer Weekly. Search for it. I am Dave Denholm. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. Still curious to know that question we had on Twitter earlier. Uh, and we'll respond there after the show as well. Would you replace 
Latif out of the lineup if you're Bob Bradley now that Lee Wynn is completely healthy? Such a tough question. That's why Bob Bradley gets paid to be the manager of LAFC. That's a good question, a good Tough question to have to answer now with all the good talent he has around that side. Don't forget, LAFC taking on Seattle coming up on Sunday right here on the home of LAFC. We are the home of Soccer Weekly as well. ESPN LA 710.